Thank you, Shelley. May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. Think about the longest distance that you've ever walked. Try to picture that walk in your mind and ask yourself this question. What did it take to keep you going throughout that walk? And how did you feel when you were finished? We're fortunate today to have modern transportation, so there aren't too many places we have to walk to anymore. And long journeys really don't take a lot of effort or a lot of commitment. Larry and Cheryl got on a plane and flew for eight hours and were in London and had a great vacation and did the same coming home. That's pretty quick to go. 4,500 miles, did you say? 4,000. 4,100 miles. Pretty quick trip, so it's pretty easy in terms of traveling these days. Most of us probably can't even remember the last time we walked to the point of uh, being exhausted. That's why I'm fascinated with people who commit to take a long journey, to ride a bike or to walk a long ways. Helen Thayer is an explorer from New Zealand. She's received honors for her adventures around the world. At the age of 63, her and her husband, Bill, walked more than 1,600 miles across the Gobi Desert between Mongolia and China. Can you imagine walking 1,600 miles? Walking on foot that whole way, they stopped and they met the local nomads and, that lived in the desert and learned a little bit about their culture. Along the way, they also faced sandstorms. They faced danger from smugglers who were along the Mongolia-China border. And water was also very scarce. They completed that trip in 71 days. It took a lot of commitment to make a trip like that. And I think about the mindset that they had to have had when they started off on that journey to decide to travel that far, to be determined, and to be that committed. That kind of commitment comes at a cost. I think about the cost of commitment when I read our scripture for this morning. In Genesis chapter 22, God calls Abraham to make a journey. He says, Abraham, and Abraham says, yes, Lord, Abraham was always ready. Whatever God had to say, he was always listening. And he said, yes, Lord, I'm here. God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your son, your only son, that son that you waited almost 100 years for, who you love more than life itself, and I want you to take him, and I want you to go to the region of Moriah. Okay, so far, so good. No problem. And then he said, when you get there, I want you to sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me on the mountain that I will show you. Say, what? You want me to sacrifice him? He didn't say that. But he must have been shaken. He must have trembled at the thought of what God was asking him to do. And yet, we read that early the next morning, what did Abraham do? Well, I'm not going to go kill my own child. And 
no, no, I, I can't do that. No, he, it says that he got up and he loaded his donkey. He prepared for the trip. No excuses, no procrastinating, only immediate obedience to God's command. Now put yourself in Abraham's shoes. I guess I didn't wear shoes then. Put yourself in his sandals. And try to think about this now. Many years before, he had left his home, he'd left his family, his security, he left the only life he knew to follow God and to do as God said. And he was going to following, follow him to an unknown land. And because of his obedience, God had promised that he would bless him and Sarah with a child, even though they were way past childbearing years. And Isaac was the answer to their prayers. There he was, the son they'd pray for. And now God was putting Abraham to the test, asking him to sacrifice Isaac, his only son who he loved, as a sacrifice to God. Now this is an interesting story, and it's a difficult story. <clears throat> it raises as many questions, I think, as it does answers. But there's one question I'd like to talk about this morning. What do we have to believe about God in order to really commit and submit our lives to God, like Abraham did? What did Abraham believe about God that made him get up that next morning, load the donkey, gather up the wood, and walk with his beloved son to that mountain? The first thing that he had to believe is that God is good all the time. Please understand something. God never intended for Abraham to sacrifice his son. The God we know would never ask us to do something so horrible to one of our own children. This was only a test, a test of Abraham's faith. Think about it. We're talking about God's character. God, by his nature, would never ask such a thing from his children. The Bible teach us, teaches us that God is unconditional love. If God is uncaring or irrational or impulsive and only wants sacrifices brought to him, then our only hope would be to desperately try to sacrifice as much as we could in this life and to, to, to have an altar here with a smokestack going up through the ceiling and sacrifice as often as we could. It would be a life of constant fear. It would be fear that breaks the human spirit. It's the enemy of love. Fear can't exist in a healthy relationship. Better to hide from a God like that or to do work real hard to please him. On the other hand, since God is unconditional love, we can trust God. We can trust God with everything we have, our children, our future, and everything we own. Victor Freed wrote an essay called Too Broken to be Fixed. And in this essay, he talks about growing up as an angry child who lashed out at other people. His family had taught him that if something, wrong, something went wrong, it was always somebody else's fault. He learned to distrust people. And this distrust led to anger and alienation and striking out at the world around him. And it got worse when Victor became an adult. 
He says, quote, finally, one day you ask yourself the question, why are so many people out to get me? And the only logical answer is that even God must hate you. So if you're like me, you return the favor and you hate God right back. My belief that God hated me grew as the years passed and I perceived each setback as further evidence that my belief was correct. Well, one thing that gave his life meaning was he had a job and he built custom furniture in a wood shop. And one day he saw a man carrying a beautiful Queen Anne chair which had one broken rung to a dumpster. And he knew that it was a valuable chair. And so he asked this man if he could have it, thinking that he could repair it. The man said no. And he threw the chair hard into the dumpster, hard enough that he broke it to pieces. And it was no longer repairable. Well, this moment in Victor's mind reinforced what he believed all along. And that is that people are no good. And that nobody, including God, cared about him. Well, about a year later, Victor had reached the end of his rope. He drove down to the Missouri River one icy cold day to throw himself into the water and either drown or freeze to death. He didn't care which. But as he stood on that riverbank, he remembered that angry man that had thrown that chair into the dumpster. And he heard a voice saying to him, if you're going to throw that away, may I have it? Victor says he knew that that was the voice of God speaking to him. He thought about his lifetime of anger and fighting and broken relationships. Now he could see that God loved him in spite of all of those things. He understood that God is unconditional love and that he loved him throughout his life. And now God was asking Victor to give his life to him. So instead of jumping into that icy river, Victor fell on his knees, and he put his faith in God. That was the start of a healing, a lifetime of anger and loneliness. He heard those words, if you're going to throw that away, may I have it? What do we have to believe about God to commit ourselves to him as individuals and as a church? We have to believe, first of all, as I said, in God's goodness, in God's unconditional love for us. God is love. God does not want us to fear him. He wants a relationship with us. He is love. His goal is not to leave our wounds and our heartbreaks and our challenges unhealed. God's goal is to work all things together for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to God's purposes. Romans 8, 28. But if that's true, how do we explain the sacrifice that God asked Abraham to make? That brings us to the second thing, that God is working out his eternal purposes when we're committed to him. This means that our lives have a purpose. God is telling God's story through us through this church, other churches around us. And God will use these people and these things to build the kingdom and to draw other people 
to himself. Abraham hung on to that hope as he and Isaac traveled that three-day journey to Mount Moriah. And our Bible passage says that he took the wood and placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried the knife and the fire, the fire and the knife with him. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac asked him, Dad? He said, yeah. He said, well, the fire and the wood are here, but uh, where's the lamb that we're going to burn? Abraham said, don't worry about it. God will provide that when we get there. And when they reached that place, you heard the story. Abraham built the altar, arranged the wood, got everything ready, tied his son Isaac up, his one and only son, whom we love dearly. He reached out his hand, and he took the knife to, to do as God had asked him to do, to slay his son. And then, as he did, the angel of the Lord called unto him and said, Abraham, I bet he smiled and said, I knew it. He looked up and he said, yeah, don't do that. And then he saw the lamb, the sheep, in the thicket, and he used it to sacrifice, as a sacrifice to God. And the scripture says to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I can't imagine the relief and the joy and the thankfulness that Abraham and Isaac felt. But think back on your own life. Think about those times when something very difficult came your way. You weren't asked, it came to you, and you were forced into a situation or something horrible happened. Whether or not you had the faith to believe that things were going to be okay, regardless of whether you thought they were or not, as time goes on, it gets better. It is okay. God promised you that that would be the case, that that would happen. Now, did I say it'll be the same? No. But you'll be okay. God doesn't ask you to do anything that he is going, isn't going to be there to help you through and, and, and to answer and resolve the problem. And he did just that for Isaac that day. He stopped the sacrifice. He provided the ram. The Lord had intervened, and Isaac would live and would have all those grandchildren for Abraham. But what if Abraham could have known the rest of the story? What if he could have seen how the Lord would provide his one and only son, the son whom he loved as the perfect once-for-all sacrifice to defeat the power of sin and death and give us eternal life? He didn't stop it. He could have. Jesus didn't ask him to stop it. When it was all happening, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There was a temporary separation there because of sin. 
And when we look at that cross and we hear that story, I think we hear it too often because we take it all for granted. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, but he didn't have to go through with it. God the Father had to go through with it in order that you and I might have eternal life. And he did willingly. And Jesus did it for us willingly. And now it's our place to commit ourselves anew to him. There was a young man named Jimmy Emisio who was a college student who was visiting his home country of Haiti when he heard some strange sounds coming from a trash can. He went over to the trash can and he found a tiny little baby in that can. The baby was screaming. Jimmy had no idea what to do. Here he was, a college student. But he couldn't leave that baby. So he took this baby to his mother's house. And they cleaned the baby up and fed him. And they searched for the baby's parents. They contacted the police. But no luck. The baby was an orphan. Now Jimmy thought about adopting the baby. He knew what it felt like because he'd grown up without a father. And he didn't want this boy to grow up without parents. And so even though he was still a student and barely making ends meet as it was, he became the baby's legal guardian and he named him Emilio Angel. As Jimmy said in an interview, only thing I know is that you can never go wrong when you choose love. Little Emilio grew into a thriving, healthy toddler, and Jimmy is currently working to raise the $60,000 that he needs to legally adopt little Emilio. The last few years, he says, haven't been easy. He's had to make many sacrifices, but looking back at his decision, here's what he says. Something inside was telling me that this had all happened for a reason, so I took a leap of faith. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Hear these words. We've all been there. Sometimes you don't know what to do. You just have to be ready to do it. God does not give us a road map for this journey called life. When you commit your life to God, when we together here in this church pray and say, we're looking to you, Jesus, we're following you. When we make that kind of a commitment, we're taking a leap of faith. We have no idea where God is going to lead us. We have no idea what sacrifices might, we might be called upon to make. Like Jimmy, we don't have to know at this moment what to do. We just have to be ready to do it when the time comes. What would it take for us to be ready like that. We have to trust in the goodness of God and trust that God is working out his eternal purposes through us. We won't see the end result of our commitment maybe in this lifetime. But we can trust like Abraham did that the Lord will provide what we need to remain faithful to God until the day we see him face to face. Until then, We'll keep our eyes fixed on the cross as our guarantee that God so loved us that he went through with the deal and gave his only son that when we believe in him, 
we have everlasting life. That's commitment. Amen.